Welcome, guys. Wearing Joey's merch. <laughs> gotta, gotta rep the hubs. <laughs> gotta rep the hubbies. Go to Joey's Home Improvement uh, Facebook page today if you live in the Virginia. Let him build you a deck. A yeah, garage. he'll build you a deck, a dick, a prick, and a brick. <laughs> and that's how we do it. <laughs> that was perfect. Dang. <laughs> Katie Ryan, yeah, slogan man. writer. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> man, we got a great episode for you guys. Uh, oh Sam gosh, has been doing good. so much fucking research. You have you how have many no pages idea. of notes? Uh, it's either twenty-five or twenty-six at this point. <laughs> yes. So what's up? What's going to end up happening this episode is she's going to pretty much take over. She's going to uh, read me the Chris Watts case, and I've, I'm pretty familiar with it, but not. Yeah, I've got a lot of the little nitty gritty details, especially about the background. And I literally watched like six hours of police interviews. Oh my God. I'm and so excited. I before him, like even admitting to anything. So we really go through the whole timeline. That's so do exciting. You, do you want to do our normal disclaimers and stuff? yes oh my god let me pull that up shit i was about to just i don't even right know in. if there's a google doc for for this week's episode but we don't really need it so <laughs> there is but we, yeah i guess we don't even technically need it uh yeah well welcome to the two ghouls podcast i'm just gonna wing this part because i don't know what else to say uh we are your weekly weekly source of scared shitless if you're scared uh or if you want scary content we've got it ready for you every week on Wednesdays, we do live streams. Thursdays, we will upload the live stream so that you guys can watch like an edited version. There'll be no uh, technical, technical difficulties, difficulties or anything. <laughs> yeah, or anything, any lag. I cut out I cut out all of the um, quiet sections so you guys get like a cut and dry episode. Um, yeah. Also, I don't know if you guys noticed, but we live streamed some gameplay last yes week, which yes. was super oh fun oh my god I almost forgot yeah we have a new channel well technically it's not another channel but it's just another segment on our podcast we do live streams of games now scary games specifically yes. scary but <laughs> yeah it's been fun we had our first uh episode in that installment like what maybe three or four days ago yeah oh my um, god that was so fun that was yes, so fun. I, I had, had a great so time. Fun. It was a little chaotic, but it was very chaotic. <laughs> it was really um, fun. I loved it. And we're going through the whole Outlast um yeah. game. Like I guess we're gonna go through what is there all is there three or two? There's two, two or three. Two that I know of. Yeah. 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 So we're, we're gonna try our best one. to go through. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that'll take a while. So it'll probably be like a 50 part series. Who knows? But we're starting with that. Um, And I think every now and again, we'll probably jump on solo, like if we're feeling like we have time. So like expect random gaming, um, if that's what you're into, videos. Scary game content. Scary gaming content. And also disclaimer, (laughs) you might be seeing the husbands playing as well. Yeah, very likely. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's definitely a more chill, laid back vibe um, during those times. It's more like, we're gaming and y'all just happen to be watching and um yeah do you want me to do do like the anchor plug yeah sure 
Okay. If you're returning, hello again, ghoul friend. We're so glad that you decided to come back for more disturbingly good content. Sounds like we've got a good relationship going here. We hope that if you're enjoying our content, you'll help to sustain further future episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, this happens to me every time. Every time. Uh, future episodes and financially provide us the opportunity to bring you even better content by becoming a monthly patron of this podcast for your choice of 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99, whichever price you choose your patronage will be used to help bring you even better episodes, interesting guests, greater quality and more. You can find the link to that in the description of this live or by visiting the link on Katie's Instagram, hello.spooky. Mm-hmm. Disclaimer, we are extremely aware of the fact that we're discussing real life people, especially in this episode. It's going to yeah. be all about the realness of life. <laughs> um, it's something we're very sensitive to. So please understand our commitment to respecting the human beings involved in these stories. If, com- if commenting or interacting with an episode or on our social media, slander of any kind regarding the people whether they be anonymous or not will not be tolerated keep your opinions respectful or don't share them at all and shove them up your ass thank you (laughs) um trigger warning if descriptive supposedly true story centering around which this one is absolutely a fact a true Mm -hmm. story um centering around gory real life topics any surrounding extremely descriptive true narrative true narratives involving terror murder sexual interactions mental health anything violent or potentially cruel in nature we suggest that you get the fuck out this is Mm -hmm. not the podcast for you um this episode specifically i'm gonna give an additional trigger warning because this is a very violent crime Mm -hmm. and it involves children so um it involves the murder of children and I'm going to be getting into some like nitty gritty public details. This is not something that I like just scrounged up like these, this is all public information. Also, I want to say that I spent hours and hours going through documents, going through autopsy reports, going through court records, going through police interviews. Mm. If for some reason I have anything wrong, please do not come at me. Like, please. Mm. So I'm almost 100% sure that everything that I have is a straight up fact. And if I'm not 100% sure, I will say that. (laughs) But everything, I mean, I've got, I I got pages and pages. I'm so scared of what you got to say, man. I I hate this case, but like, you know, I followed this case. Like I followed it while it was happening. I was following mm. the Denver, like the Denver seven, which is, was the local news yeah. people. I, I still follow that Facebook page because I followed it while this was all going on. Oh my God. And it's How did you abs- originally find out about it? Was there like a suspicion it, type video? As soon as he did the, as soon interview? As he did the interview, it went pretty viral because everybody was just like, there's something wrong. He is, it, the, oh my God, I can't wait for you to get into this because it's like, just, the like interview he's the most vile piece is of like, shit on, on, he's such a piece of, of shit. I hope, I can't wait till he dies so he can burn in hell. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to be giving some backstory before we get into what happened. And I'm actually not going to say what exactly happened, probably closer to the mm-hmm. end, but I'm going to give the story as, we all saw it 
happening, okay. but with just a little bit more backstory. Okay. So in the summer of 2018, Chris and Shanann Watts find out that they are pregnant with their third baby and they're living about 30 miles outside of Denver in Frederick, Colorado. Chris worked at a place called Andarco Petroleum, which was like some sort of oil company. And he was like um, an operator. And Shanann worked for a multi-level marketing company called Thrive, which was part of the Lavelle mm-hmm. company, which there ended up being a lot of stuff that happened in regards to this case with Lavelle as well. It, it mm-hmm. put a really bad light on this company specifically. Uh, And she was pretty successful with her thrive business as every other person involved in multi-level marketing. She literally posted daily. She posted so much of her life on the internet. It's unreal. Um, Mm. This included pictures, videos, and these regularly included her children. So her children were Bella, which she was four, and Celeste, who they also called Cece. She was three. And it included her husband, Chris. And Shanann posted a video of her talking, uh, her telling Chris that she was pregnant um, with a third baby. And Mm -hmm. in that video, you can see that he's like completely devoid of any emotions. And he's just like, wow, that's like literally just staring blankly at her like this. And I was like, wow, that's great. Mm -hmm. It's terrible. So I'm actually going to screen share for a second. And I guess I'm just going to do. What should I do? Whiteboard? Oh, I don't even know. Post, attendee, Zoom, Google. Which one should I do? Or screen? Just screen? You do just screen. That way it like alleviates any. I do Google Chrome one sometime. Okay. Well, there's my there's my sound. Okay. So I have a Google drive that's pulled up. This is Shanann. And this was a picture that she posted like three days before she went missing. She's 15 weeks pregnant and, um, beautiful girl. Can you zoom in on that one a little bit, just in case I don't know how it's coming up on the YouTube or maybe, how do I do that? Oh, it's okay I, if you can't. I honestly don't know. I'm sorry. That's all right. It's okay. okay. So I, I think it's coming show. through just fine. Okay. Yeah. So I just wanted to show a picture of Shanann. Also, pictures and videos of her children are totally public. I don't feel comfortable doing that. I'm not going to be posting pictures of her children. Yeah. Because um, they were three and yeah. four. So I'm, I'm not going to yeah. do that. So there's also a live video that Shanann posted on her public Facebook page talking about how her and Chris got together and how he's her everything and he's the most amazing man and they met when Shanann was in North Carolina and Chris randomly added her on Facebook and she says that she remembers saying like oh I'm I'm never gonna meet him whatever I'll just accept his friend request and then they end up like falling yeah. in love together which is just kind of weird but Um, They got married in November of 2012 in North Carolina before moving to Colorado. And then Bella, their oldest, was born a little over a year later in December of 2013. And then a year and a half after that, Cece was born in July of 2015. And 
Shanann was married previously before being married to Chris and she got a divorce and she started having some serious health problems. Um, she was diagnosed with lupus and I know that she was also in a really Mm. bad car wreck where I think she was like thrown out of the vehicle because she was in such a really, and I know that, Oh my God, I didn't know that. I haven't seen it in an article, but I've heard Chris say it, that she also had like fibromyalgia and they think that she might've had like rheumatoid arthritis as well. Oh my God. I know that she had really bad migraines too. And I think that might've been from her car crash. But after her divorce, she was really struggling with her health. And in that live video where she's like gushing about Chris, she's talking about how Chris was like, he saved her life and that he Mm. was like the best thing that ever happened to her. And she talks about how she believes that God has put, you know, like puts people in your life when you need them the most. And he was the biggest blessing to her outside of her children. Like, I mean, she just gushes about him. She was so in love with him. Mm. And, um, she said that she met him in the worst time of her life because of her health issues. And a month before Cece was born. So this was in June of 2015, Shanana and Chris, they filed for um, bankruptcy in 2014, they reported a combined income of $90,000, but they also had a lot of credit card debt, a lot of medical bill debt mm-hmm. due to Shanann's health issues and on top of student loans. And they said they reported that their mortgage was $3,000, which oh, I'm going to say, this is like the things that I have heard, but I've never seen like full-blown documented is that, um, so this is not a fact disclaimer was that, you know, they wanted to make sure that they had a really nice house because she did direct sales. She was in a multi-level marketing company. She wanted to make sure that everything was like pristine and she was like showing off how much money she had from this like multi-level marketing, but that's not a fact, Mm. but apparently their car payments were $600, but they were only making four thousand nine hundred dollars a month so they were spending like a huge chunk of their monthly income and their their hoa so their homeowners association also sued them for unpaid hoa fees because they couldn't afford it oh my god so in june of 2018 which is the same month that shanann tells chris that they're pregnant with their third baby he starts talking to one of his co-workers and her name is nicole kessinger in this story, there's going to be two Nicoles. And so most of the time I'm going to refer to them by their last name, just so it doesn't get confused. So Nicole Kessinger um, was his coworker and that's who he started talking to. And he apparently came by her office after seeing her at the company refrigerator and then struck up a conversation. And that month they met up outside of the office for the first time. So in June of 2018, by July of 2018, Chris says that he's seeing her four to five times a week and they have sex for the first time at the beginning of July of 2018. So he's got two children, a wife and one on the way. And he has sex with a coworker. Oh my God. And he supposedly was telling Kessinger that he was quote, almost divorced. Don't know what that means, but okay. Um, during the summer, Shanann knows that their marriage is falling apart and she's desperately trying to fix it. At the end of June, Shanann took the girls on a five-week vacation to North Carolina. 
both Shanann and Chris's parents live in North Carolina or lived. I don't know if they still live there, but they did at the time. They both lived in North Carolina. So Chris stays home and he's staying in Colorado and he is working, but he's also seeing his mistress. Like anytime that he was not at work, he's seeing Nicole Kessinger. Mm. So July 4th, Kessinger goes to the Watts home for the first time. And she tells the police that it was to set up his diet and weight loss slash exercise goals, which doesn't make any sense because his wife was running like a health and wellness yeah. and weight loss company. So, so fucking weird. that doesn't really make any sense, but okay. And she said that he invited her over. He cooked, they ate lunch and then she left. But Chris told the police a completely different story. He said that he woke up at her house on July 4th um, in the morning to several missed calls from Shanann. And he told Kessinger that he had to go home in case Shanann called again. And she got really angry because she realized that she was always going to be the other person and that he was always going to put his wife first. Mm. So Chris told police that Kessinger told him that day that they shouldn't see each other for the rest of the day. But then she also later invited him back over to his house, to her house that night. So it's weird. Not adding up. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of days later on July 7th is the first logged phone call between Chris and Nicole. And then on July 10th, Signs of tension between Chris and Shanann based on text messages between the two of them. And this is from the court documents. So I don't have a screenshot of these text messages, but um, it's in the court documents. And Shanann says, are you okay? It's like, you don't want to talk. I keep trying to talk and I had to dig it out of you. And Chris says, I'm fine, baby. The last few days at work have put a lot of responsibility on me with new people. I didn't mean to seem short. I love you to the moon and back. I thought this was really Mm. fucking gross and sneaky because he's saying like, oh, work has put a lot of pressure on me because of new people. It's like you're trying to lie without lying Mm. because there's been a lot more pressure on you because you're involved with your coworker. Yeah. And like the way he's still like, oh yeah, I'm fine, babe. Like, love you. Gross. And she Shanann says I miss you and I feel like I just you just want to work out and run because he was like a runner and he said well it just helps me clear my head it's a way to free it all and then Shanann just said I wish my husband wanted to talk to me which is so sad oh my god so then July 14th Chris and Nicole go on a date to a car museum Shanann calls him four times all of them go unanswered Oh my God. And on July 18th, which was the following day, um, I think something like that. July 18th, Kessinger sends, sends Chris a half naked picture of herself. One that he took, which if you zoom in on the picture, you can see him in a mirror holding the phone in the background and he hides them on a secret calculator app. So it's an app that looks like a calculator Mm-hmm. And it acts like a calculator until you put in the right password. And then it opens up like a hidden file of all of these, like whatever you want to put in it. Hmm. So July 28th, Chris and Kessinger visit the Great Sand Dune National Park and they spend the night at a nearby campground. 
And I have a picture of this. There's Shanann. So this is a picture of Chris with his like little sandboard at the dunes on the 28th of July. And there are pictures of them together as well here at the sand dunes, but I ain't showing that. I ain't showing that bitch's face. Sorry. I'm I'm not showing her face. Yeah. So then on the 30th of July, so just like two days later, Chris gives, oh, I still need a screen share. He gives her a love letter and but it, because he's about to leave town to go to North Carolina for the last week of vacation where his kids and his wife are at. So she was- well, He gone. gave this to Shanann? He gave this to his mistress, to Nicole. Oh, I thought you said he gave it to Shanann. I was like, he's going that far to really lie. Such a piece of shit. It says, but a kiss, a touch, a smile, a squeeze, a look, a laugh, a tickle, a tease. And then this is what was written on the inside of the <laughs> so card. Cheesy. And it says, it might be hard to read. I don't really know how to, I mean, I could pull it open with something else, but I don't really feel like it. That's all right. It says, you can just read them. Nikki, when I'm around you, I can feel peace in the atmosphere. I can't resist the feel. You put me in another level. You bring me right back down to earth. You keep my engine roaring when you push the pedal. You bring me right back down Ew. to earth. <laughs> yeah, like gross. It's just fucking gross. And you can actually see the date in the corner. It says 7-30-18. Literally the wow. day before he is leaving to go see his wife and his children who have been gone for five weeks. They've been on summer vacation for five weeks. Mm. And that's what he gives his mistress the day before he leaves so the following day on the 31st he flies to north carolina north carolina for the last week of vacation and things aren't good based on a text that shanann forwarded to her friend still got a screen share again because i got a picture so the kids and shanann have all been on vacation for over a month and chris is all of a sudden just like okay i'm coming yeah exactly (laughs) oh my god this is a screenshot um, that Shanann forwarded this message to a friend of hers, but this is a message that she sent to Chris and it says, truth came out last night. I didn't create no dagger between you and your dad. That was done by your mom and your dad and it won't change. And I won't change a thing. My daughter's life is way more important and you better believe that I wanted to say a whole lot more than I did, but I was being the bigger person and protecting Bella. I didn't tell your dad not to come to the party. I didn't tell him not to text or call your daughter or go to her birthday. I didn't tell him to start acting like he only has two grandkids instead of four. I didn't block your family on Facebook. He did myself and your kids have nothing to say to them. They do. They owe your kids their life. Your parents' home isn't a safe zone. Your mom isn't safe. You can let them tell you what you want, but I didn't tell anyone to stop loving your kids or stop acting like it. He did that, not me. Mm. So they got into a fight about his parents. (laughs) And so she is sending these like long, angry text messages, which there's another one because what happens is is that she takes the children over to chris's parents house in north carolina and um cc i believe yeah cc 
she has a really severe I don't know if it's tree nut or peanut allergy like she Hmm. will go into anaphylaxis and she would keep an EpiPen on her all the time because her allergy was so severe and Chris's mom intentionally exposed her to peanuts because from what I saw this is not a fact I remember seeing something where um believe it was a post that Shanann posted when this happened and she was just like um it was like a comment that she left or a post that she made in a private mom group when it happened which somebody was able to dig up and she was just saying like uh Chris's mom was just saying like oh well Bella can have like peanuts on her Sunday or something something like that so like why can't Cece blah blah because she's oh allergic to it and the and Shanann was really clear about the fact that it's like if my kids are going to be there nuts cannot be there because you know she has an allergy it's for real oh my god so she this fuck? is a text that why she is that such a hard concept for her to understand yeah I'm not I don't know understanding that's so fucking weird. As far as I can tell, like, Shanann and Chris's parents didn't get along. It and like I, it, it, it yeah. sounds like it was some sort of control mm. issue. I don't know. It sounds like it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so it says, I stood up for our kids. I advocated and protected our children. I don't ever want to hear, I'm sorry, I killed your kid because I was stupid. That would kill me. These kids are my world and I have to protect them from the evil of the world. I shouldn't have have to protect them from evil family. Our kids deserve the same love and attention that other kids get, nothing less. I'm not accepting I'm sorry from your mom because she doesn't mean it and she knew that what she was doing. I made it very clear not to eat it around Celeste because she doesn't understand way before that happened. She's evil Mm -hmm. and willing to risk your daughter's life just to get under my skin. You and your dad are no different. If you are okay with her behavior, there is nothing wrong with me and I'm not crazy. I just love my kids way too much from the day that I left. Am I talking too loud? Is it coming through like super loud? No, actually it's fine. Okay. Uh, from the day that I left, you never said that I, I, that you missed me before I said it, something changed when I left. She's talking about leaving Colorado and going to North Carolina on vacation. You may be happier alone and that's fine. You can be alone. This pregnancy, you have failed to acknowledge it or to acknowledge how I'm feeling. The first trimester is the scariest and most dangerous, yet we can lose this baby at any point till delivery. I'm not going to be treated this way for having the balls to protect my family and kids. I should get a gold fucking medal for handling it the way that I did because I had a lot of choice words that I wanted to say to her and didn't. Which oh I my agree goodness, with her. How sad. Oh, I fully fucking agree with her. And it's ridiculous that she feels like she has to explain this to anyone. It's because like Chris just stand concept. up to his parents. So that's why she's sending this text she's more to him angry because, to this. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, he didn't stand up for her. Sense. He just kind of stood there and was like this. Which mm. Chris later told police that he should have ended his affair after what he called nutgate which was this argument. What the fuck? Why would he call it nutgate? (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, so I just showed you the second, um, the second screenshot. And so because of this argument, Chris's parents didn't come to Celeste's birthday party. Mm. 
And this is when I saw in an article where they inserted this little portion and they said that Chris tells police that he may have committed this crime because of pent up anger that he had towards Shanann for driving a wedge between him and his family, which he said that he had these feelings all the way at the beginning of their relationship. He felt that she was driving a wedge between him and his family. That's not a good enough reason to ever do any fucking thing like this, but okay. Mm. Uh, So still August 4th, Kessinger, his mistress, is back in Colorado, and she's online for over two hours searching wedding dresses, looking at wedding dresses online for over two hours. Wow. Yeah. And that was just based on um, cell phone data that they were, that they collected during the investigations. So can I say something real quick? Yeah. Wedding dress shopping. I feel like, yeah, like you would take like that significant amount of time. But like if you're casually looking at wedding dresses, it's like, oh, I'll peek at it on Pinterest for like 20 minutes. But like clearly you can tell she was fully intending on a marriage. And the guy that you're with is fucking married? Yeah. Weird. Fucking crazy. (laughs) I can't. I don't (laughs) understand. These people are nuts. Yeah. So August 7th. Shanann texts her friend about Chris uh, about about her and Chris's marriage falling apart so I'm gonna go screen share mm-hmm. again because I got so many sure. I don't want to like keep it I on love and it. have you looking at my google drive <laughs> <laughs> okay I know this is probably like kind of small but I'm gonna read it to you so this is Shanann talking to one of her friends um and this is she like forwarded the message that i just read she forwarded that to her friend and she said that's what i texted him in the middle of the night and her friend says what did he say and she said nothing nothing at all just that he loves his kids did he say that he loves you no he asked me if the kids could see his parents and i said no I'm standing my Mm. ground. They haven't made contact in four weeks, no show to her birthday party and nothing said for her birthday. And the friend says, it's shocking that he hasn't said a word to you about what you said to him. I'm so sorry, honey. He needs to open up and talk to you about everything. You guys need to clear the air and work on it and then work on the issue with his parents. And then on August 9th, which was two days later, Shanann tells her friends, her friend to cancel her gender reveal party. So she had a friend that was planning a gender reveal party for her and she told her to cancel it. So this is a text to a friend and she says, Chris told me last night he's scared to death about this third baby and he's happy with just Bella and Celeste and doesn't want another baby. And the friend says, he's just scared. Everything will be fun, fun once the baby comes. And then she goes on, goes on to say, fine. Everything will be fine once the baby comes. And she says, Addie, he's changed. I don't know who he is. And she says, what do you mean? He hasn't touched me all week, kissed me, talked to me, except for when I'm trying to figure out what's wrong. And even the friend says, what? That doesn't sound like Chris. Did he go to the appointment? Talking about her OB appointment. Yes, but cold. Addie, I have no idea what happened. She says, go through his phone, make sure that there isn't some other bitch that I have to kill. And Shanann says, this is total left field. Why no to counseling? Um, and Shanann said, he said, he's not sitting on no damn couch saying what he just said to me to no stranger. And the friend says, oh, Jesus. 
And later that day, Shanann leaves to fly to Arizona for a Thrive seminar. So for a business trip and texts her friend saying that her and Chris had a good talk that night before she left. And it says, well, there's an option to zoom in at the bottom. Brenna says, if you wanted to, you don't have to, because you're reading it this time. Um, like, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. This. Oh, nope. Oh, right. the plus. There we go. There we go. Oh, oh that's there we perfect. Go. There we go. Oh, much better. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> He refused to hold hold me, said he's not there. He can't. I haven't slept most of the week. My eyes burn from crying so much. I canceled the gender reveal. Nikki, which is the other Nicole, her last name is Atkinson, is going to tell me the gender today. I need happy news right now. I said to him, how is this a few months? We were so intimate and what I thought in love when I left. He said that he had a lot of time to think this baby in my belly deserves his full love either way. I said, you sat there in this living room and said that you think it would be a great thing to have another baby. We talked about it a lot beforehand and we agreed to do this. You were so excited and happy. I think he will come to his senses and feel like an ass in a few months. I grabbed his hand during the ultrasound and he didn't grab back. I cringe. He rejected oh. sex last night. We arrived here. Only thing that I can think of, even though I don't think he has it in him, is another girl. And then So this- when he arrived in North Carolina and they haven't seen each other for over a fucking month, he doesn't want to have sex. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't touch her. He doesn't hug her. He doesn't kiss her. He doesn't want to have sex with her. Oh, like- I would know. I would have known like a weekend before he even showed up that something yep. was going on. Yeah. And then he like also wasn't, he wasn't, I mean, for real though, but he also like wasn't answering her phone calls. Like everything, all the calls were going unanswered. It's just, I would have known. Yes. I know. Yeah. (laughs) And so this is where, like, right before she leaves to go to Arizona for a business trip and, she says, I'm trying to go with the flow. He's kind, he's talking and kind of being Chris. Oh my God. Thank God. I love you guys so much. And I know you'll be okay. He's very distant still. And having a boy is a blessing. So we find out that, you know, the baby is a boy, mm-hmm. the one in her tummy. And she says, tonight has been the best talk yet. Sorry. I was just trying to give him full attention. He's out for a run right now. And she running leaves around. A- yeah (laughs) she leaves a handwritten letter for chris on the bed before she leaves and this is a picture that she took this is her finger down in the bottom and she sends this to her friend to show her what she wrote and it says my dearest chris i don't know where to begin i am so lost for words i can't even explain how hard this pain is the last five weeks have been the hardest i've missed everything about you i missed your morning breath your touch your lips slash kisses i miss holding you i miss smelling you in the sheets i miss talking to you in person i miss watching you laugh and play with the kids that i love so much about you i miss seeing you naked and on top of me making love to me weird okay um <laughs> weird to read so Sorry. <laughs> oh my God. I missed having you around when I felt alone and upset. I just flat out missed the hell out of you. We haven't been away from each other that long since 2012. I really don't know how we felt out of compatibility, which she put that in quotations because mm. that's something that he said to her. 
or if that's someone else or if that's someone else's words, the only thing that can change this month was everything going down with your family. I can't change what happened, but I can try to work things out with you, with them. Um, but there has to be a mutual respect for everyone. I definitely deserve an apology because of Celeste. I can suck up her going against everything I said to our kids, but our daughter's life. This is the only picture I have of the letter, but I know that it was several pages long. So I don't mm. know what the rest of it said. Okay. Let me stop screen sharing. So August 11th, which is I think the day after or like two days after. Yeah. She leaves on August 9th and on August 11th. So two days later, he's at home with the kids while she's on this business trip, which was only like a weekend. And he hires a babysitter and tells Shanann that he is going to a Colorado Rockies, which I think is a baseball team, going to a game. And he actually took his mistress, Nicole Kessinger, to a sports bar, which eventually Shanann saw the bank records, like on like on an app oh, on her phone, which she in, knows. in police interviews, like when they were originally doing a welfare check, he said that he doesn't even have a login to the bank account info because he's so bad with money that she handles the money but he used their joint debit card what, an, what a dumbass to pay for a sport <laughs> to pay for taking his wife what out and she, i think it ended up being like 60 or 70 dollars and she's like there's no fucking way that he spent that much by that himself he ate that his, much food oh right. oh and mm. plus he said that he was going she's to a game not him. to a sports bar mm-hmm. so then the next day uh, Shanann texts a speech to her friend that she plans to give to Chris when she gets home. And I don't, mm, I don't know if I have the picture. Hold on a second. If I do, it's in the Google drive. Be this one. Okay. Yeah. This is from the, this is from the court documents. So Shanann sent a message to Addie explaining the accompanying text. What was Shanann plan to tell Watts? quote tomorrow night the message read can you please tell me something because just like you i'm in my head i try to fix things and make them better and this is making me crazy i know that you need time i want to give you what you're asking for and respect your space i need some time this place that i'm in in my head is not a good place it is not healthy for me or nico which is what they decided on naming their unborn child mm. was nico I need you to help me help you. I need to, you to give just a little bit of what I did or didn't do. So I'm not going crazy in my head to figure out, to figure it out. I know that I can't fix this by myself, that we are going to have to work together. So she texts that to her friend. That's what she says. I'm going to read. I'm going to say this to him tomorrow night, August 13th. And this is when things start to get real. At 1.48 a.m. on August 13th, um, the next door neighbor security camera captures Shanann returning from Arizona from, and from her business trip. And the Watts, their ring camera also showed her um, coming up to the house. So there's a picture here, which if I zoom in all the way in right over here, right where my cursor is, this is Shanann's mm-hmm. head right here. 
This is her body. And these headlights over here are her friend, Nicole Atkinson, dropping her off and making sure that she's getting into the house. This is their next door neighbor's truck. So you can see Shanann right here walking into the house, walking up to the door. But also there's like a clip. There's a clip from their ring camera that shows her walking into the door. It's not just that picture. We know that she got home at 148 in the morning. And, um, and it, it shows in that uh, security camera footage that her friend, Nicole Atkinson, waits until she's inside to drive off. Then at 5.27 a.m., the neighbor, same neighbor, his security camera shows Chris backing his work truck into the driveway. And it's normally kept on the street. He says that somebody was trying to break into his truck or did break into his truck and stole some of his tools. And so he asked his neighbor, can I park my truck on the side of the road in front of your house so that I can, I know that you have a security camera. So if somebody's trying to break into my truck, I can see it. And the neighbor's just like, no problem, whatever. But he backs his truck into the driveway and has it backed into the driveway to where like you can't see the end of the truck bed he backs it partly into the garage oh boy and then he's seen making several trips from inside of the garage to the truck to the garage to the truck back and forth and uh he first said that this was him loading loading up tools even though his neighbor said that he had never done this that he would normally just carry all of his stuff to his truck from the garage to the truck on the street. And then he left for work. Now at 1.40 p.m. the same day, Shanann's friend, Nicole Atkinson, reports her missing when she can't get a hold of her. Shanann had an OBGYN appointment that morning. She didn't show up. And so her friend is calling her. She's not answering. So she's like, something's weird. She knew that Chris and her were going through some shit and she was like, she's not answering. She didn't show up to her OB appointment. I'm going to go to her house because they lived fairly close to each other. Shanann's car is there in the garage and she looks into the like window next to the front door and sees Shanann's like everyday shoes next to the front door inside. Hmm. She knew. So she calls the police And she was saying, like, it's suspicious that no one answered the door. Her car is here. Her shoes are here. Mm -hmm. She didn't show up to her OB appointment. So she calls the police and says, like, she's missing. There needs to be, like, some sort of welfare check done. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah. And Chris tells the cops that Shanann said that she was taking the kids to a friend's house. But he didn't know which friend. That Shanann didn't specify which friend it was that he was taking the kids to. He also would not let the cops enter the house until he got there. Mind you, he worked 47 miles away from his home. (coughs) Holy cow. He got a notification from his ring doorbell that her friend, Nicole Atkinson, was there. And he refused to give the garage opening code, the code to the front door. He refused to give it to the cops until he got there. He opened the garage door himself went inside and almost a full two minutes. I watched the full unedited body cam video from the cop that 
responded. Almost a full two minutes goes by from the time that he walks into the garage door and into the house before he opens the door, the front door for the cops to come in, which I thought was fucking weird. Mm. So they come in, they search the house, they find Shanann's phone, which was her lifeline. She was, uh, she did multi-level marketing. This was her lifeline to absolutely everything. Even Chris said that she like never used her laptop. It was always her phone. Her purse was still there. Her ID, her cash, um, the mm. EpiPen that she always carried for her daughter who had out al- like severe Trina allergies was in her purse. The kids' car seats were still in the car. The keys to her car mm. were on the center console of her car. Literally, even her shoes were still there. Literally, nothing was missing. Literally, literally, it's just like she they just poof vanished. So Nathaniel is the neighbor who has the security camera. He started reviewing his security camera footage before Chris even got home when the cops were outside just waiting for Chris to get home so that they could, you know, like get into the house. Nathaniel started reviewing his security camera footage right then and there. They see the cops show up. He's just like, okay, something's up. I'm going to go check the security cam footage. And he comes over to the police and says that he saw Shanann being dropped off at like two o'clock in the morning, sees Chris leaving for work, but he never saw Shanann leave. There was nothing else that happened in the security camera footage until Nicole Adkinson showed up afternoon. So yeah, two full minutes go by. Blah, blah, blah. Also, when they finally, when Chris finally lets the cop inside, he says, Oh, I checked upstairs already. There's nobody there. Like, there's nothing there. Nothing's missing. Everything's fine. Mm. The sheets were removed off of Chris and Shanann's bed. And when asked if anything was missing, he said, The girls' blankies, they don't leave anywhere without them. That was the only thing that was missing from the house was both of these girls had like a security blanket type thing those were the only things that were missing from the house no way he probably wrapped them up in it he used these blankets in the crime um and in the body cam footage of the cop being there he the cop asked chris if they're having any marital problems and he said that we're in the process of separation and when the cop asks him okay well how's that going and he said civil and like shrugged his shoulders and that that was it but chris does go on to say that they were going to sell the house and file separation papers and he reached out to the realtor that afternoon the afternoon that his wife and children went missing he reached out to the realtor talking about trying to sell the house also, I don't know if this is a Are fact. Are you serious? I re- yes, I remember. Bro, seeing- he is such a dumbass. Like, such does he idiot. not realize how obvious he's being? I mean, I don't mean to be in his defense or anything, but come on, it's crazy. Give it a I'm- minute, uh, right? <laughs> like, wait, hold that- on a second, Chris. <laughs> right. Another thing that I don't remember, I- it wasn't in the article or any of the articles because I read several like timeline articles. Um, it wasn't in any of those, but I remember seeing when this was all happening, what was that he unenrolled the girls from school. Don't take this as fact, but it was like the same morning that they went missing. He unenrolled them from school. 
I guess because he probably didn't want them to call and be like, they haven't shown up today. And then right. there's mystery. Even in that. the even in the text messages that he had with the realtor, the realtor says, um, is Shanann okay? Because she hasn't weighed in on this whole conversation. He's texting the realtor, like, because the realtor's asking, have you done any upgrades? Have you like, um, done any renovations or anything? And he's like, Oh, the basement is still unfinished. We're looking to go in this area. We want something a little bit cheaper, blah, blah, blah. And the realtor is like, Shanann hasn't said anything. Is she okay? <laughs> And he's just like, oh yeah, nobody's heard from her. And I guess the realtor might have seen something on the news about her being missing. And he was like, oh, the realtor is like, you should call the police and talk to her friends. And he's like, yeah, yeah we're doing all of that. <laughs> he's so, it was he's just shooting very himself in the foot here. What a weirdo. Like, yeah. you can listen to this and know that he had something to do with it already. Oh my God. Like, yeah. Unbelievable. And, no wonder this guy was on the news <laughs> and like people right. were talking and about it went him. Viral. Which is I how remember. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that one video of him, like with his not even saw the story of a I'm interview. Gonna, I'm gonna play it here in a little bit. Yes. So the the Watts security system shows that at 5:27 in the morning, the garage door opened and it never shut. And the garage door was shut when Nicole Atkinson got there, and when the police got there, the garage door was shut. Um, and he's saying, Chris says that this could have been an issue because the sensor was acting funny, like the garage door sensor was being funny and that he had bought replacement parts for it for a few weeks earlier, but he wasn't clear on if he had replaced them or not. So the security system show 148 AM Shanann gets home 526 AM basement door is left open 527 AM garage door is left open. 1210 Nicole Atkinson at the front door ring cam. Nothing else. They don't show anybody else coming up to the house. They don't show Shanann leaving nothing. Mm. Chris suddenly during this like welfare check, he drops his phone on like a little mantle. He turns around, walks straight to their bedroom. I watched this with my own two eyes, which nobody said anything in the video about this. Like the cop didn't say anything about how it was weird, but he literally just like takes his phone, drops it down, turns around, walks to their bedroom, to the master bedroom, is gone for like 20 seconds, comes back out and is holding Shanann's wedding ring and says her wed- her wedding ring was on the nightstand. Oh, fucking that's weird. so fucking weird. Yeah. And also I did want to note that Nicole Adkinson, she also had a young child who was there in the house with Chris while the cops were there. Wow. Which to me just like creeped me out. Like what a weird feeling that that has to be looking back. Oh God. Yeah. And so again, the neighbor Nathaniel then invites the cop and Chris into his home to review the security cam footage and Chris's demeanor immediately changes he starts talking a lot and he's like oh so they're showing the the security cam footage where it shows chris backing the truck up halfway into the garage and you see chris going back and forth from the garage to the truck and he's like oh yeah um i i was moving my coolers my tools my water jugs a book bag computers and he was gonna have to like pump some rubber today i don't know what that means he worked in uh, at like an oil thing but he's just like blah 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 blah, blah and he was repeating himself over <laughs> and over again 
And Nathaniel says that his security camera is motion activated. And he says that even sometimes it just picks up cars passing by like headlights. And while Nathaniel's saying this, Chris is just like looking down straight at his phone. (laughs) And then they go on to show Chris moving his truck into the driveway. And Chris is just like, yeah, it it was just going to be easier because I didn't want to carry my water jug, my coolers again, just like blah, blah, blah. I didn't want to carry all that stuff to, (laughs) to the street. And when he sees in the, in the security cam that like, he sees himself going back and forth from the garage to the truck, he turns oh away God. from the, t- cause the guy's showing it on his TV. It's like through his like fire stick or Alexa or something. He turns away from the TV and he goes like this. He's got his hands on his head and you see his chest going like this. He's fucking panicking, like panicking. And then he finally just turns to the cop in the middle of his neighbor showing him the security video. And he goes, what else can I do with this? Like, what does that mean? (laughs) But okay. And the cop just tells him that the detective just got there and he's sure that the detective's going to want to talk to him. And so eventually um, Nathaniel says that there was no other activity after Chris leaving in the morning and the cops have been there for almost 50 minutes at this point. And this was the one and only time that Chris says she's pregnant too. Oh yeah. She's pregnant. Almost an hour goes by and it took him that long to say, Oh yeah, she's pregnant. (laughs) Gross. So then the cop tells Chris to go talk to the detective that's back at his house while he gets Nathaniel's information. And as soon as Crick, Chris walks out of Nathaniel's front door. Nathaniel looks the cop dead in the eyes and says, he's not acting right. Something is wrong. He is never like that. He's never shifting back and forth on his feet. He is a very quiet, very subdued, very calm guy. He Mm. is not acting right at all. And he also told the cop, he was like, he never loads things in and out of the garage with his car in the driveway. He takes whatever it is to the car on the street, even if he has to make multiple trips. And he's like, I've got all the security cam footage to show you that that's what he does regularly. <laughs> and then Nathaniel told the cop, to be honest, when she was on vacation, my wife and I thought something had happened to her because we've heard them full blown scream at the top of their lungs at each other. And he gets crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. And the neighbor, Nathaniel also says he doesn't look worried. It looks like he's trying to cover his tracks. And this was before anybody knew anything, but the neighbor was, he knew there is the neighbor was on top of his shit. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So, uh, Nicole Atkinson, her friend finds Shanann's purse. And when she sees the medicine inside of Shanann's purse, she literally grabs her face like this. And then she covers her mouth and gasps. And it's like right then and there, everything clicked for her because they were like best friends. And she knew she would never go anywhere. Even if she was trying to escape some sort of abusive relationship, she would never leave without her kids meds. Like one of her, she knew it's so obvious. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, I think both of them had inhalers as well. I don't know if either one of them were, um, asthmatic, but they did have inhalers and one of them had like a really severe allergy. So so it was like, you can see it on our face. Like it just fucking clicked. And 
um chris had told the cops that they had had like a very intense conversation the morning before him leaving for work and chris said that they talked about separation and selling the house and that it was very emotional and that they were both crying the next afternoon chris appears on a local news channel for an interview about his family's disappearance and i want to show this video optimized for video clip loop you sharing sound too yes i did play okay cool it is like seven minutes so i don't know if i'm gonna play the whole thing oh i don't care but i want people to really watch his body language and i want people to watch the way that he talks about his family in past tense Mm. chris watts w-a-t-t-s what's going on right now around your house Right now, it's got canine units, the sheriff's department. Everybody's like they're they're doing their best right now to figure out like if they can get a scent, see where they went. If they went on foot, they went in a car, or they went somewhere. And right now, it's just like they've they've been on point. They're going through the house trying to get a scent, and hopefully, they can pick something up to where it's it's going to lead to something. What happened? I she, like, she came home from the airport 2 a.m. and I left around 5:15. She was still here, and like about 12:10 in that afternoon, her friend Nicole showed up at the door. Like I had texted Shannon a few times that day, called her, say you know, but she never got back to me. But she wasn't getting back to any of her people as well, and that's what really concerned a lot of people. Is like if she's not getting back to her. Like if she doesn't get back to me, that's fine. Like she gets busy during the day. But she didn't get back to her people, which was very concerning. And Nicole called me when she was at the door. And that's when I came home. And then walked in the house. And I'm going to pause this for a second and just say, look at this right here. I think a lot of people, when this originally came out, were suspicious about this mark on his neck. Can you full screen it? I would love to get a better look at it because that is an interesting. Right I've never here. noticed this before. And I think that there's also scratches on his arm as well, which we'll see him like in a full length here in a few minutes. But yeah, I was just, this I think concerned a lot of people. But anyways, I'll mm. just play it. Oops. Here. Whoopsie. Nothing has vanished. Nothing was here. I mean, she wasn't, she wasn't here. The kids weren't here. Nope, nobody was here. What's your wife's name? Shanann. S-H-A-N-A-N-N. What's your, what's your kids? Bella and Celeste. Uh, C-E-L-E-S-T-E. Four and Bella's four, Celeste is three. And so, how many times did you try calling her? I called her three times, texted her about three times, just to say, you know, what's going on? Like, I did, because after that, after the, after I called her and texted her once, it's like, like, maybe she was just busy. Like, she just gotten back. You know, like everybody's probably calling her from her trip. She just got back from Arizona. And I figured yeah, she was just busy. But when her friend showed up, that's what it was like. It, it registered like, all right, this isn't right. Do you think she just took off? Do you think? I, I mean, right now, I don't even want to just like throw anything out there. Like, I hope that she's somewhere safe right now and with the kids. But I mean, could she event? Could she just take it off? I don't know. But if somebody has her and they're not safe like i want them back now like that that that's what's in my head like if they're safe right now they're going to come back but if they're not safe right now that's what that's the not knowing part like 
if they're not safe. I, I, last night, I was I had every light in the house on. I was hoping that I would just get just ran over by the kids running in the door and just like barrel rushing me, but it didn't happen. And it was just a traumatic night trying to be here. You piece of shit. Gonna have some kind of your relationship with your kids. Yeah, every, every, I mean, yeah, my, my kids are my life. I mean, those those smiles light up my life. And this, like, I mean, last night, Pause like, during, like, you know. I just want to say, knowing, like, I know we're not at that part yet, knowing what he did and the fact Ugh. that he's <laughs> doing this interview and watching him be like, these kids are the light of my life. Like, I love them. I was hoping they just run. Like, it makes me have goosebumps. Ugh, I, I cannot it. understand this the man's empty. brain or anyone that acts like him. The empty that, yeah. look in his eyes is just fucking He's terrible. running through a script in his head like, what do they want to yes. hear? Let's see. You know? Oh my god. Mm. I'm going to play it, but I'm also going to go to the bathroom so you guys listen to it. Oh, yeah, I've yeah, listened yeah. to go it ahead. like a thousand times. <laughs> when they usually eat dinner, it was just like, I miss them. Like, I mean, I miss telling them, hey, you got to eat that or you're not going to get your dessert, you know? And just like, you're not going to get your snack after. I miss that. Like, I, I miss them, you know, cuddle up on their couches they have like a Minnie Mouse couch and a Sophia couch that they cuddle up on and watch, you know, Bubble Guppies or something. And it was just like, you know, I meant, I, I, I was, it was tearing, tearing me apart last night. And I needed that. I needed that last night. And for that, for nobody to be here last night and to go into their rooms and not, and know that I wasn't going to turn the rain machines on. And I know that I wasn't going to turn their monitor on. No, I wasn't going to kiss them to bed tonight. It was, it, it was, I, I, that's why last night was just horrible. I couldn't do it. it. I just, I just want, I want everybody to just come home. Like wherever they're at, come home. That's what I want. It was a thrive direct sales. Uh, it was like. That day she was back. I mean, I left. I left work for work early that morning, like five fifteen, five thirty. So like she barely let me. She barely got barely gotten into bed, pretty much. And, and, you know, this might be a tough question, but did, did you guys get into an argument before she left? It wasn't. It wasn't like an argument. We had an emotional conversation, but I'll leave it at that. But it's. I just want them back. <laughs> I just. I just want them to come back. And if if they're not safe right now, that's what's that's what's tearing so me apart. Because if they are safe, they're coming back. But if they're not, this 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 has got to stop. Like somebody has to come forward. You spoke to her family, like her parents. Yeah, I've, I've, they've been in constant contact, like every hour. I mean, it's I mean everybody back in North Carolina and the East Coast. I mean, from Maine to Florida. What is her parents saying to you? Like, they're just like like. If they need to get on a flight, just let them know. Because I mean, they don't—they—they they feel helpless right now because they—they're on the opposite side of the country. I mean, this Colorado is—I mean, you can't just drive around and look. I mean, it's just like you wouldn't really know what you're looking for. That's what the cops pretty much told me. That, that first day, I was like, I want to get out and drive around. They said, you wouldn't know what to look for. Versus anybody, what is what's police saying? Right now, this is. What they're doing right now is with the canines in the sense. I think this is the biggest thing. This is the biggest thing they've done so far because yesterday they all the federal police department did all the searching of the house and tried to gather whatever information they could. 
and with the detectives, officers, and sergeants. Keep in mind that the dogs that they had in his house, while this interview was going on, by the way, like at the beginning, you actually, there's like an unedited clip where you see the cops taking dogs into his home right before this interview. That's why he's out on the front porch instead of inside Mm. of the home. These are not just canines. These are death dogs. They sniff out the scent of death. Oh my goodness. And he's just outside on the porch doing an interview. Also, this is probably it's, not, and but it's, 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 there's a lot going on around here. And I really hope that all of this that can is totally lead to something what you just pointed out on his what neck. Did, uh, yes, right totally, here. Totally, totally. It's something. Yes. No, like we've, we've, like uh, the, uh, police department went door to door asking it's like, like cameras and everything just like nothing yeah and my last question see how it's like yeah. raised too yes it's definitely and it's not like a hive he doesn't have any other hives it's literally looks like a, a nail scratch. scratch or something yeah mm-hmm. just watching that interview knowing that like probably what maybe 24 hours if that before yeah he probably saw the about- life leave his children's face yeah you that's know? terrible and unbelievable Ugh, his own i kids. fucking hate him every time i see him it's just like I, if I, I wanted to just yeah. like hit anybody with a baseball bat it'd be you be chris watts yeah yeah also um, the same night that he did this interview he was taken to the police department um for more questioning and that same night or early the next morning <clears throat> He fails a lie detector test. Mm. So before the lie detector test, this is some of what was said in the police interview. I watched several hours of the police interview and I just jotted (laughs) down some of the most important stuff. He said that his theory was that someone took Shanann. Um, The cops asked Chris if he has a feeling or if if it's going to be like a good or bad outcome. And that Chris said that on the 13th, the day that they went missing, that he had thought that she was going to come back. But on the 14th, when he hadn't heard back from them, that he says that he feels like it's on the other end. They take his phone. They ask if Chris can connect the dots about the conversation that him and Shanann had at four o'clock in the morning before he left for work, the emotional conversation. And her and the kids being missing less than 12 hours later. And he says the way that he can connect the dots is by saying that he questions if he had caused this or if he had made her feel like she needed to leave. He felt that the reason, oh, so the reason for the conversation at four o'clock in the morning was because he felt the need to have this conversation face to face. And she had been gone for a couple of days on a business trip. So Mm -hmm. needed to happen at four o'clock in the morning. And then he says, in the one week that he was in North Carolina, that the spark between him and Shanann was completely gone. So they spent five weeks apart. He goes to North Carolina for a week. And that spark is just completely gone because they're having a fucking affair. And he said that Shanann said that she wanted to work on their relationship, but she respected the way that he felt in wanting a separation that uh, they needed to sell the house because they couldn't be there together while they were separated and he said that shanann contacted the realtor the week prior which i don't know if that's true that's just what he said and he's a fucking liar so who knows um 
He said that he told it, told the realtor that they needed something cheaper. He admitted to texting the realtor the day that they went missing, said that he was 10 out of 10 positive that she was taking the kids to a friend and she said that she would be back. Um, he told them to check Shanann's Facebook for clues because she was multi-level marketing. And that's where she like talks to literally everybody. And that would be the only place that mm. the police would be able to find contacts that she talks to that he wouldn't know. He also literally says like in the police interview, like a pitch for thrive where he's like, yeah, it's all plant-based and it works really great, which I found ridiculous. At 7.40 in the morning, he texts Shanann asking if she can tell him where she took the kids. Chris admits that the whole thing doesn't look good on him. It makes him it makes him sick to his stomach because this is never something he would do to his wife or to his kids. And that was completely unprompted. What is mm. what is it that you would never do to your it's wife like, and kids? What? What would you right. never do to your kids? What are you insinuating? Because I wasn't. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. and oh another thing i forgot to point out but during that interview that we were just watching he he kept saying like or the interviewer was like so where do you think they are and he was like well i don't want to i don't want to say anywhere yet because we don't know you know but i'm like <laughs> i would list off like probably the post office because yesterday we were talking about the mailbox and oh this was probably every probably went to go get groceries like i would run through every scenario right but it sounds like he's trying to watch his ass because he knows if he says oh probably at the grocery store then they're going to go investigate the grocery store and everybody's going to hear about it and mm-hmm. it's just not it's it's going to keep spiraling which it ended up happening anyway but right i think he's trying to do some control here yeah Damage i think the control. thing my main thing is is that i think that he was not expecting shanann's friend nicole adkinson to be so on top of it and like be like red flag red flag red flag here mm-hmm. i come coming to your house bitch i know two bitches in my life that would do that for me too <laughs> <laughs> i know i know and i would do the same because it's like if you don't have a friend like that where what are you doing She's she realized it friend like that she knew she knows her friend and that is so i feel so heartbroken for her because if something like this happened to one of my friends oh my god that's like Brenna, how it, oh my god yeah that's if something like, like how i said happened, she looked in her purse and saw the medicine was there and she was like oh my god i would have she known. like gassed and yeah. she was like completely devoid oh of any god. other emotion <laughs> after that in that welfare check it was like that she's heartbreaking that's like so scary oh my god uh let's see he also promises that he had nothing to do with that that's what he said i had nothing to do with that that. what is that that? what are you talking about what is that what is that what is that (laughs) that's suspicious that's weird that's weird (laughs) um (laughs) and the, the cop asks him why why should i believe you and he says because he's trustworthy a calm person and that he'd never be abusive or physical in a relationship or to his kids. Um, cops ask if he'll take a polygraph. He says, sure. Um, the cop shows a picture of his kids to him and he talks about them going back and forth between past and present tense all while like here's here's the table and he's like slapping the picture of his kids like this talking about them oh yeah Bella loved those shoes Cece loved that dress she always like it's 
fucking weird. So it was just so strange. Weird. And that was- to me sounds like an emotional response because he doesn't want to look at the same face that he just saw, probably strangling. I probably. mean, can you imagine? I just I don't understand. That's his own blood. What in I the can't. world? Those are his babies. I can't. Oh my god. I what can't tell fuck? you how many I mean, oh, unbelievable. I cannot tell you how many times I have cried about this case. While it was ongoing, I booby sobbed about this case so many times. I mean, what in the world? That's like satanic to me. I'm not, this is not human. No. It's scary because he looks and acts like a normal person. I mean, what the fuck? Well, and that's the scariest thing about this case is that everybody thought that Chris was a great guy. He always came off as a great guy, a loving husband, a great dad. He would get down on the floor and play with his kids and let them like put makeup on him, paint their nails, play with Barbie dolls with him. And his wife would just gush about him, about how much she loved him, how much he saved her life. He was a blessing from God. And it turns out that he is one of the biggest monsters that I have ever seen. I mean, it's it makes just absolutely you really sick. think about everyone that you know, that's especially the good say. ones. Yes, that's what I was going to say. It, this yeah. is the type of thing. And this is why I wanted to talk about this case, because I know this is not a true crime podcast, but I wanted to talk about this case on this podcast because the, it's scary. Mm-hmm. This is somebody that was trusted, that was held at a very high standard everybody thought that he was an amazing guy and the thing about this case is that it makes you look at all of the closest people the best people in your life it makes Mm -hmm. you look at them completely differently and you're just like could that be you never trust yeah yeah you don't know it's scary and then it's like am i crazy for questioning these people that i'm really close to but also like so People make fun of anxiety, but like, there's a reason why I have it. <laughs> exactly. um, mm-hmm. While he's like sitting there and talking about the kids and like smacking the picture, then he just abruptly stops and he looks at the cop and he goes, you're going to help find them. Right. Weird. And then he also, compl- so um, he says that he never cheated on his wife and the cop looks him dead in his eye and says, I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> And he said that he would step in front of a bullet or a train for his daughters. And he goes on to say, the love that you have for your kids is exponential. That will never die. As he taps on the picture of his kids, the cop asks, what do I do to let you walk out of this room and make you look like you're not the person who's responsible for this? And Chris says, you have to trust me. I did nothing to them and to my beautiful wife. I did nothing to them. You have to believe me. I want them to bust through that door and grab me, tackle me, bust my head open. I don't care. My love for them will never die. (laughs) And this whole time, he's not showing any emotion. He has not shed a single tear during all of these hours of interviews and questioning. He has never shed a tear. Never. He also never shed a tear in court. I think he got a little emotional when his mom talked in court, but he never cried <laughs> ever. Um, he talks about the different oil tanks that he went to that day at work, which was three different locations. He said that he went to one first thing in the morning because apparently there was like a problem. The, like a previous employee said that there was a leak there somewhere. 
And so that's why he went there the first time and that there was nobody else there with him. Mm-hmm. So August 15th, he's told that he failed the polygraph test. He says, okay, I didn't lie. And the cop tells him that they know a lot more than he thinks that they do. And why mm, is he not trick. taking care of his beautiful kids and telling the truth? Chris says that it's the God honest truth. He doesn't know where they are. And then he goes on to say, I cheated on her. I cheated on Shanann. I'm not proud of it, but I did it. And he said, for the five weeks that I was alone, I was with Kessinger for the most of it. When I said that I fell out of love with Shanann, I meant that I fell in love with Nicole Kessinger. Said that he saw her, talking about Kessinger, and that she took his breath away and that he didn't want to give her name to the police because he didn't want to involve her. And that he said that he was reacting to the polygraph questions, like he failed the polygraph questions because he was hiding the affair. Keep in mind that there were no questions asked about the affair in the polygraph (laughs) test. And the cop says, we know all about Nikki talking about his mistress. And he said, let's make a deal. We don't, we don't think that Nikki had anything to do with this. So tell us the truth and we'll leave her out of it. Keep in mind when Shanann and the girls were still missing, Nicole Kessinger was Googling things like Amber Fry and Amber Fry book. Amber Fry Mm. is the mistress of Scott Peterson. I don't know if you know that story, Scott Peterson, this happened back in the nineties, just quick little backstory, his pregnant wife, she was like eight and a half months pregnant. She went missing and she was missing for months and months and months and months. Mm. He was found guilty of her murder. He's on death row. He's been trying to appeal it, but he had a mistress who was completely in the dark. And once all of the information about his wife going missing and them trying to find a body, the mistress reached out to the cops and basically she was like the smoking gun and, and getting him arrested because she was recording phone calls for the police. This woman I was, do know this story. I've mm-hmm. watched something on it. Yes. And it's crazy. So what's the name of that again? So people can listen. So her name was Amber Fry. That's the name of the, um, the mistress, the, the name of the woman who was murdered. Her name is Lacey Peterson and his name is Scott Peterson. He's on death okay. row. Um, but yeah, so the mistress in the Watts case was Googling Amber Fry and Amber Fry's book because she did write a book. Mm. Mm-hmm. This was before it came out that anybody was dead also. Hmm. So um, Chris goes on to say that uh, Kessinger is an amazing and a great person. And then the cop, they start playing like good cop, bad cop. And they infer that Shanann was controlling and they were trying to get answers out of him. So one of the cops said, I I don't understand why you're trying to protect somebody that's so controlling over you. And they also tell him that on the question about where was Shanann, that he failed miserably. Like that was the worst question that he failed. And they said, you lied to everyone that you talked to because he was like, you can ask anybody. I've told them all the same story, blah, blah, blah. And he, the cops just like, you've lied to everybody. It doesn't matter what you tell us right now. <laughs> so Chris says that Shanann accused him of cheating in the 4 a.m. talk based on the bank records from him putting stuff on their joint card from like the sports bar thing. So Shanann mm-hmm. accuses him of cheating. 
and he said that he didn't admit to cheating and he had he said i have nothing on my hands i did nothing to those kids to make them vanish i didn't load anything into my truck except for my water jug my computer my coolers blah 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 i didn't do anything to her or to the kids the cop asks if there was an accident the cop said um it's weird that he hasn't shed a single tear about his children. And then immediately he goes into fake crying. He goes like this. He's like fake crying. Oh and God. he says, just because I haven't shed a tear shouldn't make you feel like I don't love them. And there's also a woman cop in the room and she's the one who starts the theory. Did Shanann do something to them? And then you reacted. The only way that she could have left, they could have left was in your truck. Nobody left your house after you left. So there's no way that they could have left. He said his response to that was, I didn't just throw them in my truck. And so the cop then says, did Shanann do something? It could have been an accident. They vanished. Did Did she do something to the girls? And then you have to take it into your own hands. So that turns into Chris running with it. And he says, um, one of the cops says, Chris, you took them out of the house with their blankies. We can tell that you care. I believe someone made a mistake, either you or Shanann. I want to believe Shanann did. And you felt compelled to fix this so that she didn't look bad. What did Shanann do? And then Chris says, can I talk to my dad? And they're like, well, you're going to tell your dad the truth. And he's just like, yeah, I just need to talk to my dad. So they bring in Chris's dad and he tells him, I failed the polygraph test. They're not going to let me go. And Chris then says, they know that I had an affair. His dad says, do you have anything else that you want to tell me? And he, Chris talks briefly about that emotional conversation that they had at Mm 4am. And he says, I don't want to protect her. I don't know what else to say. And his dad said, did she hurt them? He said, yeah. She smothered them. I was downstairs. I came back up and they were gone. I freaked out. Those were my kids. I heard commotion upstairs, but I didn't think anything of it. I came upstairs and they were blue. And his dad says, she choked both of them to death. And Chris says, I freaked out. It was just rage. Again, no emotion. I watched this whole fucking thing. I watched this whole two and a half hours worth of interviews. He showed no emotion through this Mm -hmm. whole thing. You just went through this fit of rage because your wife smothered your children and you're not going to show any Mm -hmm. emotion when you're admitting to it, man. Come on. No, he totally saw like a bend in the cops conversation and was like, yeah, I'm going to run with that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. She did it. (laughs) Yep. Exactly. Chris says, uh, the cops come back in and he says, I told her I wanted a separation. I went downstairs. I didn't think anything of it. I went upstairs and I was going to talk to her again. Then he says something about Bella. I wasn't able to hear it completely. So I didn't put anything in quotes. And then Cece, she was on top of her. I think what he said about Bella was that she was blue, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. But he said like, I went upstairs. I was going to talk to her again. Bella was blue. And then Cece, she was on top of her talking about Shanann. And, Mm -hmm. 
the cop said, what did you do? He said, Cece was blue. Both my kids were blue. They were gone. She hurt my kids. I did the same thing to her. No crying, no emotion. And the cops then start asking, where are they? Help us find your babies. And he's just like, they're gone. They're gone. Nobody's going to bring them back. And the cops are just like, okay, but where are they at? And he says, at the first oil tank location that I went to that day, I didn't know what to fucking do. Why would she hurt my fucking girls? And this is the first time where it actually looks, looks a little convincing that he might actually be crying. But then he stops abruptly. Like he's got like his face in his hands and he's just like, why would she do this to my kids? Blah, blah, blah. Why would she hurt my girls? And then he immediately looks up and stops. It it sounds convincing too, like his story until you really start thinking about it. And you're like, wait a minute. If I walked in and I saw my significant other on top of my kid choking them and they were blue, my first reaction would not be to wrap them up in a blanket and shove them in an oil tank. I would call the cops. I would exactly. call an ambulance. If there was any chance of your kids surviving, you, you know, like you don't know how long like, that they were for without. For fuck's sake, call the cops. Be like, oh my God, I would start CPR. I, I don't care if I didn't even know how to do it, which I do. Exactly. But like You'd have one it, hand on each kid. I would be, yeah. Something. Absolutely. I'd, uh, Something. Hit, I mean, somebody. I wouldn't be like, oh, well, that's too bad. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, what, right. What is wrong with him? So yeah, it does sound convincing until you start thinking about it. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he stops abruptly when the cops are asking about where the girls are. Oops. And then he says, I put my hands around my wife's neck. I did the same thing when asked about what he thought about on the way out, taking the bodies out. And he admits to burying Shanann in a shallow grave. August 15th, 11.30 p.m., he's arrested on first-degree murder charges and three charges of tampering with the deceased human body. Okay, so this is, like, super trigger warning because we're going to start getting into details about, Mm -hmm. um, like, exactly what happened um, with the murders and what happened to their bodies afterwards. So August 16th, Shanann's body is discovered in a shallow grave near an oil site i'm talking less than a foot deep he literally half-assed dug a hole dropped her body wrapped in a sheet and threw dirt on top of her i mean you could see the the sheet through the dirt in the drone wow the bodies of bella and cc were found in the two oil tanks that were on the site I'm going to show a picture of the actual oil tanks that were found on the site. And it is um, the biggest thing about this is that the oil tanks, I don't know if I can zoom in far enough. This is as far as I can zoom in. These are the two oil tanks. So the kid's body is one was found in this one. One was found in this one. And Shanann's body was found somewhere out here. Somewhere out here in these fields, several meters Why away, maybe like right Shanann here. In the field that like put them in the oil tanks, that's so. There's a huge, bizarre. you know, like theory that he wanted them all separated because he fucking hated Shanann so much. I don't know if you wow. can see, but on the top of these oil tanks, there are latches, which yeah. you can't you can't see very well in the picture. But 
it's been confirmed that the openings to the oil tanks are eight inches in diameter. That's about this big. That, that's like this oh, big. He shoved his four-year-old and his three-year-old's bodies into a hole this big. I can't, oh I literally can't God. even put my head through something like that. And he shoved their bodies through a tiny hole like that. I'll get into more details about that, but I do want to talk about the charges that he got. So on November 6th, he pled guilty to avoid the death penalty on all nine counts against him. The counts one through five were first degree murder, and that included uh, murder of a two charges of murder of a person under 12, which are more is more heinous counts count number six was unlawful termination of a pregnancy because again shanann was pregnant she was in her second trimester and count seven to nine were tampering with the deceased body on november 19th he was he was sentenced to three consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole and in february of 2019 so this is three months after he was sentenced he finally talks to investigators and tells them the truth about what happened. I'm inclined to believe that most of this is true. Uh, but again, he's a fucking liar. So mm. his accounts is that he woke Shanann up when he's about to go to work. He wants to talk to her about their marriage and their future. He tells her about the affair and said that they won't last. Like their marriage isn't going to last. And Shanann tells Chris that he won't ever see the kids again. And he strangles her to death mm. in their bed. And the commotion woke Bella up. She's the four-year-old. And she comes in the room and says, what's wrong with mommy? While he's wrapping her dead body into a sheet. Then he wraps her body in the sheet and he throws Shanann's body into the floorboard of the back seat of his work truck. And he loads his girls who are still alive into the back seat of his work truck. So that means that their mother's dead body was at their feet for a 47 mile drive. Their oh mother's God. dead body is at their feet. It's terrible. And he takes their blankets with them. And he digs a shallow grave for Shanann with both girls in the backseat of the truck Holy and shit. throws her body into this hole. I don't know if you could call it a hole. It really wasn't a hole. And then once he buries Shanann, he goes over to Cece, the three-year-old Celeste, and he smothers her with her own blanket. He puts the blanket over oh her face goodness. and smothers her. He takes her body and dumps it into the eight inch diameter hole into an oil tank. What the fuck? He comes back to his truck and Bella, the older one, the four-year-old says, are you going to do the same thing that you did to, are you going to do the same thing to me that you did to Cece? And he said that he doesn't think that he replied and then he went to smother her with her own blanket as well and he recalls her saying daddy please stop and 
she was the one of the two girls that fought against him. And in the autopsy reports, it's documented that there was bruising in Bella's mouth. Oh my God. That is so sad. It's Mm. fucking terrible. I hate that. And then he shoved her body into the second oil tank. So they weren't even together. They were completely how separated. How is it even possible that he did that? Like, how did he shove their little bodies in that tiny little hole? How is it I possible? don't know. I do know that there were, like, tufts of both girls' hair stuck on the latch. Oh, my God. And oh. he says that he did it with no, there was, it was easy. Like, there was no problem. But there, there's no fucking way. There's no way. No. And because Shanann was dead, her body expelled their son, Nico, on its own. And his tiny little body was found with her in that shallow mm. grave. This is normally called something like a coffin death. Um, but I think yeah. coffin death mainly refers to like a, somebody dies and then their body expels a baby and it's still alive. And I don't know if there's like any recorded but true cases of that like something similar yeah. something like that but yeah, yeah I've it's, heard that too yeah yeah so i'm gonna talk about the autopsy cases then we'll end it on a lighter note i guess if there's a lighter okay. note to this story <laughs> um let's see let's talk about the autopsy reports So the reports show that both girls placed inside oil containers. Uh, Investigators appear incredulous that he was able to fit their bodies in the tanks. And Chris says that he was able to do it without difficulty. Shanann was found in a, quote, obvious state of death, bruising on anterior strap muscles of the neck. And on the right side was worse than the left. So that's here. Mm. she was found uh found with her was a largely decomposed fetus and placenta her Mm. internal internal genitalia was protruding out of her because of a uterine prolapse post-mortem so this is why god i know someone that had that Mm -hmm. yeah but there, there there's could you explain what it is for those who don't know what it is though so there it, it uterine prolapse is basically like in this case because it happened post-mortem it's because there's so much bloating and stuff that's going on in the body Mm. and the decomposition that it pushed her uterus almost out of her which is crazy yeah Mm -hmm. and in this post-mortem report in the autopsy it said that baby nico was 10 and a half centimeters crowned to rump and his feet were 0.7 to 0.8 centimeters and there was a 17 centimeter umbilical cord connected to the placenta and it was still connected to mom. Oh my goodness. Um, Bella had, so Bella is the oldest, the four-year-old. She had oil, water, and sludge in her stomach and her cause of death, what, death was asphyxiation due to smothering, unlike Shanann who was strangled. So mm. Shanann had bruising and, um, and damage to here neither one of the girls had that they mm. the girls were smothered so something was put over their face shanann was grabbed by the throat which i think I says a lot you. he he looked at shanann while he oh my goodness sucked the life out of her he couldn't bear to look at his kids while he did that 
which I don't, that doesn't make it any better, but it's just like. No, but at least it's like, okay, at least you didn't completely cold blood your kids, I guess. Right. Shanann was like, I hate Shanann, apparently. Right. Yeah. And so he covered the girl's face Mm. with a blanket and excoriation on her buttocks we're talking about bella so this is like a scrape it's like um it's it's not exactly like a scrape or a cut it's almost as if you like scratched your skin so much to the point where it became raw Mm. she had a spot like that on her butt which is assumed from her being pushed into the oil tank she's the also the bigger of the two because she is four and Mm. the younger one was three then she also had a 1.5 centimeter laceration of the frenulum and the upper gum line and contusions, which are, which are bruises. So laceration is like a cut and a contusion is a bruise. And the frenulum is this little thing up here, like this thing. Yeah. That was cut and she had bruising on her upper gum line, which told investigators that she fought. She was very like trying to fight against him and what was happening to her she also had um fight bite marks and wounds on her tongue so she bit her tongue and Mm. she had abrasions on her torso and her shoulder and she had abundant skin slippage from being in the oil and Cece, after washing her body most of her skin is sloughed from the surface so i'm assuming that that means like most of her skin like kind of like came off from being in the oil for several days she had no bruising in the mouth she had no contusions she had no lacerations nothing that's the worst of it that is fucking terrible but i do want to end on a kind of happy note there's one part that i'm gonna start with and then i'll end with the happier part so shanann's parents and her brother appeared on the dr phil show nobody really cares about dr phil but uh, just saying her mom um said that they called her she recounts the police calling her when they found one of the girls but they didn't know which one it was that they had found and she started to describe bella's hair and she said that she would like if she pulled her hair back she, her front in the front of her hair was super long even though she had really curly hair if you pulled it back it'd be super long and the cops told her that they couldn't use that information and they came to find out later it's because of the skin slippage from being in the oh oil so it was like they couldn't they couldn't use that identifying information the way that they confirmed which girl was found first was by confirming which one was still in pull-ups because they were like unrecognizable oh my goodness and then they found so they found cc first she was the one who was still in pull-ups because she was three and then they found bella two hours later and it took so long because she was at the very bottom of the barrel of the oil barrel Oh my God. Um, and uh, Shanann's mom, Sandra, said that everyone who worked on retrieving the bodies needed intense therapy afterwards. Um, but she did go on to say that the night after Shanann's body was found, Shanann came to her and she felt a presence in her room 
while she was crying and praying to God. And Shanann told her, I love you, mommy. I'm sorry. I'm at peace. And she fell, oh. she said that she fell asleep with Shanann's presence there. That's and so then, sweet. I know. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm That's sorry. So and then the night that the that the girls were found, she said that Shanann and the girls came to her again in her room and that Shanann said that everything was okay now because her kids had been oh found. Goodness. And her mom said that Shanann looked see-through and she could see her from like, she could see the upper half of her body. She couldn't necessarily see the bottom half of her body, but she was kind of see-through. And she said that she turned to the left. And when she turned back, she handed her her grandson, Nico. And she said that she, that Nico looked exactly like Shanann's little brother, Frankie Jr. And that's the end of that story. Isn't that wow. sad? Oh my god, literally I'm crying. This is so like oh my god, the amount of emotion that cuz I literally I followed this story so closely while it was happening and I boohoo cried about it, but watching hours and hours of that piece of shit man. Oh, mm. I hate it. I do also want to say that there are videos on YouTube where there are some very convincing supposed EVPs that were found on police body cam. One of them I know I have heard specifically, I didn't want to include it in this video because I know that they've had a problem of people showing up to Mm. the Watts house and trying to do like paranormal investigations, not inside of the house. Which is so obnoxious. I can't stand it when people do that. They've literally had to tell people. EVPs. Tell people what EVPs are, just in case. I think it stands for electronic, electronic voice, voice phenomenon. phenomenon. Yeah. 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 So it's so like, like paranormal shit. <laughs> yeah. Paranormal ghost voices caught on like a recording device. Yeah. So if if anybody's interested, you can go and, and find it on YouTube. One of the most convincing ones is that there is after the first time that the cops went and searched the house, they sent like more of like forensic cops. That was like when they had those death dogs there and there's Mm -hmm. two women cops and they are in Shanann's closet. Both of them are wearing body cams and you hear a little girl go mommy. And both of the cops look at each other and said, did you hear that? They acknowledge that. Yes. Well, maybe it was just a toy or something or whatever. There's a supposed apparition that's caught next to a police officer when they're in there. That one's not very like super convincing, but there are. Yeah, wasn't that the kid running around or something? Someone thought maybe it was Shanann's friend's kid that was, it was like taken that day. I know that there was one. Yeah, there was one like that, but there was also another clip, I believe, from when the cops were there in the evening. So it's very different because it was like super bright mm. when Shanann's uh, when Nicole Atkinson was there with her child there's a clip and like there's a cop at the top of the stairs and a cop yeah. at the bottom of the stairs and there's the body cam footage of the cop at the bottom looking up and it looks like there's a little girl who peeks out like that really quick oh it's not super convincing uh but I didn't want to include those something. videos in this because yeah. I don't want to be disrespectful yeah. but it's interesting yeah. I also know that there's lots of recorded phone calls 
between Chris and his parents that you can watch on YouTube. And then the last thing that I wanted to talk about, which I actually didn't find out until today, which I probably don't need my notes for this, but (laughs) apparently there is a man who says that he was a cellmate and in prison with Chris. (gasps) I've seen this recently, but please, I want to hear this because I don't think I watched it on TikTok, but yeah. Yeah. I should have, I should have saved the link to be honest, so I could play it, but, but it's okay. Yeah. So he says that he was in prison with Chris twice and he says that like he's the, the call that's that I've seen posted is him calling a district attorney's office to report this because he felt that it was so serious. I don't know if there's any validity to this phone call to this person. I don't think that there's anything that has happened because of it but he says that chris told him that he was still in contact with nicole kessinger which it was in the court documents that they could no longer ever speak to each other Mm. says that he was still in contact with nicole kessinger through letters and that chris admitted to him that nicole kessinger is the one who smothered the children and that Chris is the one who strangled his wife. Hmm. And I've seen a lot of videos where they're trying to prove in like the neighbor security camera that there's two people and that one of the people leaving is Nicole. And then you see like headlights in the back and that's her leaving. And then it's him um, loading up the truck. Oh my God. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to speculate. I always thought she was shady as hell. Conspiracies. Oh yeah. Are you kidding so me? She's in yeah. fucking witness protection now. Yeah, and I know they're still talking. I know they still write each other love notes and everything. I've seen the shit that they write each other. Oh like God, nothing ever happened. Like oh yeah, I'm gonna have to find it. It's unbelievable. I know that they're still acting a- like nothing happened. <sighs> I know that there's a lot of women that as soon as, even when all of this court stuff was going on, they hear all of this terrible shit that he did. There's women who are writing him letters and fucking in love with him. He also That's says that he's found God and that he's been forgiven for what he's done. He has pictures mm-hmm. of his children hung up in his jail cell. And Oh my God, what a piece of shit. I'll never understand in what circumstance it is okay like even in his story that he's talking about his uh wife and how oh well she uh I don't know I think his first one was she strangled them and then all of a sudden he comes out and says well actually I I strangled them after I drove them there why yeah why did you do that and what instance is that okay (sighs) or explainable I am just just flabbergasted I mean what the fuck the question is always there like why didn't you just get a divorce? If you don't want to be with her anymore, just get a divorce. Go be with your mistress. Like, Who cares? Congratulations, Chris. Now you're spending three years and or three life sentences in prison and right. you get to write love letters to your mistress and you can't even touch her. And your That's kids are great. gone. And your kids are gone. You piece Ugh. of shit. I hope you enjoy yourself. Like, you know, even if you snapped in a fit of rage, to play devil's advocate, you snap in a fit of rage yeah. and you strangle your wife. Mm-hmm. I still cannot imagine turning around and killing your kids. I know. Be like, that's what I'm saying. I'd be I'm like, like calling a friend right, and be like, listen, I, get, I just killed my wife. Come pick wife. my kids up. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Call the cops. Oh, no, I I get the wife. I understand. It's not that it's right. It's just that if we're going to play devil's advocate here, I get it. Why the kids? Exactly. I'm not I'm not trying to say it. It it makes it hard, though, because she was pregnant. Yeah, it's just terrible. But I mean, he admitted that he didn't want babies. Did you know that Cocomelon actually did a episode dedicated to all three of the kids? No. Yeah, it's somewhere. I I don't know where. Yeah, uh, look it up on YouTube. I think Cocomelon with the Chris Watts kids. And like, yeah, they did like little baby Nico, Cece, and then Bella. And they dedicated like an episode to them. It wasn't like explicitly being like, oh, this is for the Chris Watts kids. But they named all them after them. Oh, so, that's so sweet. Just people really rally around this these 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 people. It's unbelievable. There's like videos Nobody. of CC singing like Ugh. my daddy is a hero. He helps me tie my shoes. Like it makes me want to cry. I just I couldn't. I, I, don't I understand. I I'm not gonna I wasn't gonna put that up here. I did, I really didn't want to show mm. pictures of the kids. I didn't feel comfortable doing that. Oh, but like God. that video is just fucking heartbreaking to know what happened to her. And it's like they loved him so much. And they know it was him that killed him. And mm. I hope they're in peace. You know, I believe in an I afterlife. So I believe that there's life after death. And um, oh yeah, and like Shanann's mom Sandra is saying, like you know, they came to her, and then you know, the night after the kids were found, and Shanann says, "We're okay now." Because she's got her kids with her. Like, that is so touching to me. And her little angel baby. I know. Yeah. Babies. <sighs> little babies. Such an emotional episode. I have got to take a yeah, this break is a from this. <laughs> Yeah. <sighs> I think the next week needs to just be like, what are we doing next week? I don't even remember. Uh, is it cults? Let me. God, I don't remember. Oh, we said a uh, TikTok compilation or guest. Thank God. Yeah, let's do that. That means we can choose to do TikToks next episode. <laughs> and I think we need like, like between last week and this week, we need like, oh yeah. Three, you know, I think in the future, I'm definitely going to plan ahead for that because whenever we do these heavy episodes, I need like a break. And oh, yeah. yeah, you did. Fabulous. Well, it worked. It worked awesome. out really good for you because you worked so hard last week on all of those hours and hours of Kent's content, and now I've worked for. Yeah, I swear, I, yeah. I, I think I spent. Probably I feel 12 your hours. pain. God, yeah, and I'm sure your brain is hours. going through all the videos you've seen. Yeah, I'm just <sighs> yeah. Oh yeah, and yours was way more dramatic. <laughs> All I had to do was listen to like a spirit box for however many hours and you had to look at a murderer in the face. Oh my god, the sound of the spirit box. <laughs> Try this it's like a PTSD. <laughs> yes. I don't want to hear any type of scanning on the radio. But yeah, this was very emotional, but you did fabulous. Very. It was great. Awesome research. Thank you. I applaud you. It was awesome. It's so Thank you. Oh. Stormy. Yeah, I guess that's it, guys. You want to do some closing messages? We'll plug some uh, socials in case you guys are interested in following us and uh, our Facebook page. Um, I don't even have so you can follow Sam at Samantha Rain with an E7 on Instagram, and I'm hey, I'm Katie Ryan, K A T I R Y A N. 
Um, and I'm also at hello.spooky. I'm not currently posting on there, but I do still have all of the podcast information on both of my Instagram accounts. You can also follow or like our Facebook page where we post everything. We post every single day, different videos. We ask different questions in there. We post all of our live streams in there as well. So any updates that are going to come out for the podcast will be in the Facebook page. So we highly recommend you follow to the number two ghouls podcast on Facebook. Yes. Do you yeah. want me to do like no. a, like a small anchor plug that we did last week? Yes. Oh, okay. and then we'll talk about the merch. I'd love to show people the merch. Okay. Hold that, hold that one. Uh, we're hoping that if you enjoy our content, you'll help to sustain future episodes and financially provide us the opportunity to bring you even better content by becoming a monthly patron of this podcast for your choice of 99 cents, 499 or 999, whichever price you choose, your patronage will be used to help bring you even better episodes, interesting guests, greater quality and more. You can find the link to that in the description of this live or going to the link in Katie's Instagram account, hello.spooky. Yes, ma'am. And then I'm going to show you guys the merch that we got going on today. The skeletonette. I wish I had some music playing. My skeletonette collection. I love it. We love this collection so much. It is such a cute little, like, two ghouls. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It's just a fun way to, like, show off the podcast. You guys can support us by paying $24 for a regular t-shirt it comes in a variety of colors and sizes it goes all the way up to 5xl it goes as low as small uh we have i think only navy in this shirt but the the hoodie comes i think we have a long sleeve the hoodie comes in a bunch of good colors the long sleeve Um, comes in a bunch of colors too yeah pink we got like forest green and i love this maroon color so cute nice comfort color. color Yeah, it looks like we're doing 5XL small. Yes. And also, I didn't realize this until maybe like a week ago, but we have afterpay. So if you guys think like $35 is too much right now, you can pay $8 in four installments or four installments of (laughs) $8.75, which, you know, if you think about it, if you wanted to like split that in two rather than four, you know, that's like 16 bucks um every two weeks and then boom you get a fucking hoodie and you support your favorite podcast now if you're looking for something a little bit more yes and samantha has it actually at her house hold on joey oh i have to say good night to sunny say hello hi sunny (laughs) 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 oh no um anyway if you guys are more interested in like our cheaper options we have mugs for 10 bucks we have stickers for three we they come in a variety of sizes there's two different sizes there's three by 3.6 by five or a five by seven and they come in different colors this is the i'm with spoopy collection where we're holding hands and it comes in like a bunch of different colors i love these stickers i'm gonna have to get one here soon I need one to um, put on the PC because yeah. we got a bunch of stickers on the PC over here. Oh my God. Yeah. I wish we could have magnets. Maybe one day they'll put magnets available in the oh, store. Yeah. That'd be cool. like every single color before I can go back. Um, Joey made us an Untrigatillion shirt. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pretty much 
if you didn't see episode, I think it was like six or seven, I highly recommend because Joey is talking all about aliens. I think it was whichever episode was the extraterrestrial episode. Check that out if you want to understand the reference to that shirt. Um, (laughs) We also have the Icon Ick collection, which is just a bunch of spooky icons. It comes on a mug. We, we spent like two, two hours trying to brainstorm. Oh my God. We hair. worked so hard on these designs, guys. If you guys are interested, I hope you will come on and, and check it out. Um, more stickers. We have another design by Joey. Super simple, minimalistic. It's got like a really cute alien on the front and it has a super simple like space type design on the back. Um, but yeah, you guys can check that out. We will put the link to that in the chat box. So you guys can check that out after the show. We'll yes. also put it in our Facebook page so you can check it out then. But yeah, this is our merch shop. Also, um, Sam did mention earlier that if you don't want to have merch and you still want to support the podcast, you can do it for as little as 99 cents a month. Just want to remind you guys, the link to that is also going to be in our Facebook page and it's in our Instagram bios. But anyway, that's it for us, fellas. I hope you have a great night. Go smoke some weed, have a glass of wine. We'll meet you back in a week. Bye.